Hi, this is Jason Lee, pastor of Casper Alliance Church. This is week five of our series going through the book of Acts and the, the beginning of the church. Hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to know more about Casper Alliance Church, you can check us out at casperchurch.com. You can go to your smart device, your phone, your iPad, and uh, search in the app store, your app store for Casper Alliance Church. Download the app with the double C's. You'll be connected directly to us. You can send messages. We can, you can interact with our community participate in our church family. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. We're in Acts 6, Acts 7. This is week 5 in Acts. And um, let's write something on the board today. Uh, Let's name our favorite rock bands on the board this morning. Um, What's your favorite rock band? I saw you smiles. I'm like, I got one in my head. Here we go. Is this the favorite rock band, Caleb? Kiss. What's their most famous song? Detroit Rock City. Who's from Detroit area? The Faisal family. Lions play here shortly. Keep me updated because we were playing the Vikings. That matters. But this is also an acronym. Keep it simple, stupid. Caleb, who invented that acronym? Do you remember? We just were talking about the other day. Keep it simple, stupid was uh, coined by a a Navy engineer. His first name is um, Kelly. His last name is one of the patriarch families in this church, which would not be Bartosh or Weeby, but would be Johnson. Kelly Johnson coined the phrase, keep it simple, stupid. It was, um, and they, they threw it out there in the, in, the, in the Navy. It had a lot of different variations as you get into the, uh, it's an engineering phrase. They use it for spy planes. But the people who really wanted to take credit for it was the Minneapolis Star Tribune. They said that they started it in 1938. You know, Minneapolis is always trying to take credit for everything, and they're, they're nothing. You know, who plays Minnesota today in football? The Detroit Lions played. But keep it simple, stupid. We try very hard to make things complex, to make it, uh, to, to navigate um, our lives in a way that, that just add layer upon layer upon layer, that make uh, really what should be easy access or simple things super complicated. And we've talked about that as a church structure, and a, I used the nesting dolls last week with, with, um, with culture and systems and structures and then the, down to the individual. Well, all of us individuals put together, we add layers and layers and layers of complexity. And as a church, if we have, if we have the ability to just continually keep it, to keep it simple, we will begin to major on all of the things that matter most. We won't get stuck in this place of perseverating on small, meaningless issues or tasks. Now, those things do stack up. Every little meaningless task that we ignore becomes a big thorn in the side at some point. But if the mantra or the passion or the heartbeat of of all that we're trying to accomplish is to keep it simple, we will, as a church family, take large steps towards accomplishing the mission of the church. Now, let's, let's revisit that for just a second. 
John brought it up, and this is a church of hope. So our mission statement is fighting forward together through hope in Jesus Christ. Now, fighting forward together has lots of application, lots of meaning, and we can make it apply to virtually every scenario. And so I don't want to get stuck again in the weeds there, but the, at, at our core, we want to have some forward movement, and that forward movement happens when we have our hope placed in Jesus alone. We can fight and do our structures and build our systems and create our, our, our environments where we can be most successful, but when we are moving with hope in Jesus Christ, it actually speaks to our motive, which is going to be the simple point of today. I have three simple things that we're going to... I wanted to extract, extract from this crazy, hard, whole uh, story um, in Acts, Acts 6 and 7 and 8. So turn there with me, keeping the idea of keeping it simple in our brains and how we want to do it. Um, we have, how many of you are engineers? There's a handful of engineers in this place, right? Two, three. You engineer people, we love you. Um, you make things very complex so that nobody else can have your job is what I'm convinced of. That's, a, that's, that's exactly, and um, I, I tried very hard, and I, I love it, because my brain does not think like an engineer. It's hard for me to like see the pieces and put it all together. I, I'm, I don't like Legos all that much. Caleb loves Legos. Like, he was even yesterday saying, hey, this would be a great birthday present. You're like, you're turning 18, son. Where are you going to put that Lego set? He's like, I want this Lego set. I'm like, I don't know if you really need a Lego set. I think maybe some college money might be more appropriate. He's like, I'd rather have Legos. And like, he, but, but Legos are like a big part of our house. We have tubs and tubs and tubs of Legos. And every time that Legos go to, like, start in our house, I just feel stress. I feel the stress of it. I feel the stress of the mess. I feel the stress of stepping on it. I feel the stress of, like, that it, it like, there's been multiple years where a Lego set started in a particular part of the house and it stayed there for seven months. And if you know that story, or you've, then you, yes and amen, we're on the same page and you're, if you're annoyed by it. If you don't know that story, I have, we're going to give our son a Lego set for his birthday and we're going to have him set it up at your house and you can experience that for the next seven months of your life, one piece at a time. And if anybody knocks it over, oh my goodness, you would think that like, anyway... Legos stress me out. Now, some of you love Legos. Um, I really love kindergarten teachers. I think that they're, um, they keep it simple. They have a handful of goals. Like, we're going to help you count to 100. You're going to know your colors. You're going to learn to share. You're not going to spit on anybody. <laughs> and if we can get through the year with everyone alive, that's a win. That's what we want. That's kindergarten. I, I remember sitting down with our talented and gifted son and talking to her and saying, what, what's the goal this year? And they're like, we want him to count to 100. And you're like, he's not going to read The Hobbit yet? And we're like, no, he's going to count to 100. And we're like, that is such a low bar. As I've gotten older, that's the perfect bar for like life. Like, let's just keep everything simple because when we add layers of complexity, it really, we begin to focus on the complexity and we lose track of the vision and where it's the, that structure is trying to go. Now, I understand. I'm not trying to dismiss you. I'm just telling you who I am. That's how I want to lead. I need all of you engineer and process people to help support what, what we're doing because 
it does take that brain to accomplish, right? Like, I, I just look at our parking lot and go, just cover it. And you're like, um, that's like $700,000, Jason. I'm like, all right, well, sorry. I just thought it was tar that you could buy at Home Depot. You're a moron. <laughs> that's, that's how it feels sometimes. That's, I look at it very simply. Now, I think that there's a lesson in that for us. But it takes all of us to continue to move a church forward. So at the end of chapter six, or the kind of mid part of chapter six, you have the apostles and, and the key leaders going, we just want to preach the word. This whole handing out food to the widows. It's not that we don't like widows, but like, I don't want to be tired, tied down to that anymore. We need some people. So they gathered, you know, some men and they did it and they put it together. And so God's message at the end of uh, verse seven, God's message continued to spread the number of believers increased greatly in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So this movement can, the, took kind of a pit stop, and then it got launched again because they kind of organized it. took the engineers in the room to say, you know what, if you want to build the Lego Death Star, you can't just use gray bricks that have one size. It takes a lot of different pieces, and let's put that thing together the right way. I can show you how. You can continue to yell about how great the Lego Death Star is, and then we'll help you build that thing. And that's what they did, essentially. And so then here we go. We get to Stephen. Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria. Uh, yesterday, so you, someone would look at this and go, Cilicia, Cilicia. I don't know if Adrienne heard this when she was like doing her amagurumi, which it took me a year to figure out how to say amagurumi. I was practicing saying this word at my desk. I'm like going, Cilicia, Cilicia. Why? Because I don't want to sound like an idiot in front of my people. It's, I don't know why my brain gets lost there. I want to make sure I say it right because I know there's always somebody judging how you say it and they judge you how you do it. Well, I was like, Cilicia. It's Cilicia, by the way. And the province of Asia. So these are all sorts of leaders, Jewish leaders that are like starting to like go, whoa, 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 whoa. This whole movement thing is actually disrupting our, frankly, our way of life and finances. It's disrupting our entire financial system. You know, we used to get money. Now we're not. They're kind of sharing it all. And they're selling all their stuff and they're hanging out together. We, need, we can't manipulate anybody anymore. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen saying, we heard him blasphemy Moses and even God. They roused the people, the elders and the teachers of the religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said this. This man is always speaking against the Holy Temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel's. Then the priest asked Stephen, chapter 7, are these accusations true? This is Stephen's reply. And then, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you want an Old Testament history, this chapter gives it. He gives the longest recorded speech, sermon, teaching in all of Acts. Right here. He goes from the beginning 
to where they currently are. Now this group of people that are sitting before him are the same group of people that crucified Jesus. This isn't that long. It's the same people. So there's already that vitriol and like they're trying to squash, squash this, um, this movement. And I want you to get this. Stephen wasn't Peter. Stephen wasn't John. Stephen was a Joe Schmo guy. He was a bookkeeper. Anointed by the Spirit of God to move him, to, to cause him, to compel him, to give him the words, the authority, the activity of God to do God's work. So he goes through walking through the beginning of the, the Israelites, the Jewish people, all the way through, and then we get to where Andy read, you stubborn people, verse 51, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Must you resist what God's doing here and now? You've always resisted it. You've always turned away from it. You've always rejected it. You've never submitted to it. You've always become a, a group of people who rejected what God was doing. Don't do it now. One time I was driving on 2nd Avenue, and I was going 34 miles an hour. And I got pulled over. And I was so angry because I was passed by people going 37. And when, when the police officer and his trainee walk up to the car, I was ready. I was like, let me do a quick, quick like, little look of the things I can say to a police officer and get away with it. Let me Google that real fast, because they give you a little bit of time to kind of figure out what kind of person you're going to be when, you get, when they walk up to the door. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give these guys words. It's time to give them words. They come to the window, and I'm like, I'm ready to blast. And so I'm not short of words, if anybody's been in a conversation with me before, right? And I'm not short of passion. Anybody's listened to me talk before. And frankly, I'm mean sometimes. But when that police officer knocked on my window, and I go to roll down the, the car window, I, would, I was like, mm, yes, officer. I completely melted. I like got super soft and like respectful. And I just wanted to blast it. Like, what are you doing? You don't pull me over. I've got rights. That guy was like, I had this whole speech ready. And I was like, oh, yes, officer. Do you know how fast you're going? I was like, I don't know. I knew I was going 34 miles an hour. He's like, I'm going to give you a ticket because you were going over the speed limit. I'm like, I was so angry. But I couldn't do anything because I melted right before him. And it's, it is very respectful trainee officer. Like, I just couldn't say the words I wanted to say. I had no guts to say what I needed to say. It wasn't right that I got pulled over. It wasn't right that they gave me a $150 ticket or whatever it was. It was stupid because I was passed. It wasn't fair, right? Now, I've tried to put myself in Stephen's position. I think that I would be awesome at giving some sort of speech and message and, you know, but I've always preached in front of a, a favorable crowd. 
Who's <laughs> to where you know what to expect and I know what I'm going to do, right? It's, I've never, it's never been hostile. I've never had to do it in front of somebody that's like uh, an angry environment or somebody where they're threatening me. I haven't ever had to do that. And I hope I never have to do that. I hope I get to go be with Jesus before that starts to happen. I really do, because I'm not sure I know what I would do, because I'm melted for five miles over, whatever, four miles over. I'm melted for that. What would I do if somebody had the ability to take my life, and I want to believe that I would stand hard, and I would say the right things at the right time, but I, I, I genuinely, at this particular point, based on my past experience with police officers... Now, there has been one time in my life, and I'm never going to tell this story publicly, to where somebody deserved to hear it, and it was, a, it was another pastor, and I gave it to them. And I can give it to you, but my life wasn't threatened. And so here's the deal. In this moment, we know the end of the story. It was read already to us. Stephen preaches hard, and he gets in their face, and he tells them what they need to hear, and they kill him for it. They murder him. He is the first Christian martyr. He is, he is the first And the power of an empowered people when the spirit of God is on us is like, it's, it's better than a lot of tanks. It really is. It's better than any weapon that we can forge. It's better than anything that we can create in our own mind. It's better than any sort of like rules that I can come up with to yell at a police. It is an anointed follower of Jesus has the authority and the power of God himself. The creator of the heavens and the earth. The one that can melt faces. Because it's happened. Read some of the Old Testament. There's faces that get melted by the power of God. And when Pentecost happens and the Spirit of God is on God's people, they have the authority to do what God is calling them to do. And the calling is where KISS comes in, to keep it simple. Let's, we try to be nuanced. I'm not trying for us to be angry, but we try to be nuanced. So there's, okay, let's get into just, let's... This is as simple as it gets. There are a handful, three things that I wrote down that I think that if we were to keep it simple and to be anointed followers of Jesus, that this is what we should do. If we want to experience what Stephen experienced up till the murder part, <laughs> I don't want anybody to get murdered. The boldness, the anointing, that's what I'm talking about. Let's avoid murder for a little while. If you want to experience that, this is the anointed calling of God's people. Step out. Step out. Be bold. One of our values at Casper Alliance Church is that we expect more. That could be vague, and we could be like, we expect more money. We expect more... You've, like sometimes in churches, you just fill in your own blank. What we're saying is we expect more of Jesus in our lives. And we expect Jesus to do more through us. Expect, by stepping out, we expect more activity. More of his activity in our life. It's sheer dependence on the Spirit of God. Wholly dependent on his movement anointing, pushing, calling, 
comfort, conviction in your life. When you step out, when you do something bold, and your motives are for Jesus, not for you, not for self-accolade, not for like to be, be the star of the show, not to, be, not to be the person, not to be the televangelist, not to be the guy who's the guy who everybody talks about, not to be the Instagram story, not to be the guy who goes viral, but you're the guy, and I'm saying guy in like gender neutral terms, when you're that person that's stepping out and being bold for the sake of Christ, for the sake of Jesus, that's when the wild stuff happens. That's when God's movement moves. But see, the thing is, is if I look around, if I can look around the church and I can judge or be critical or even critical of my own life, it's when I'm trying to be the guy who gets the, who gets the juice online or gets the, gets the praise from somebody or who gets the, who gets the uh, credit or gets the, who, who, who gets the shine, as the kids say. When I'm trying to be the guy getting the shine, that's not God anymore, that's me. But when I move and step out and I just want to make much of Jesus, I want Jesus to be known and I want to make him known. I want people to experience his power. I want people to experience his forgiveness. I want people to experience his grace and his comfort and his peace. That's where he, the spirit of God, moves Outside of that, it's just me doing cool stuff or saying funny jokes or yelling into a stinking microphone. Keeping it simple is letting, stepping out for the right motives. That's simple. Not because you want it, but because Jesus is going to be made much of by what you do, by what you say. The Holy Spirit gets to show up. The Holy Spirit is the one that gets the shine. Now here's um, number two. Know the story. What's beautiful about Stephen's, and I, you should all go read this. Stephen knows the story. He knows God's story, and he knows his story, how it relates to God's story. He's able to tell what God has done, what God is going to continue to do, what God uh, wants to do, and he also knows how he fits into that. He knows how he works within that. He knows his role within that. He knows who he is within the story of God. He knows his place in God's kingdom. He knows the story. That's so important for us as people, as God's people. Do you know how God has gifted you, how he's wired you, how he's made you, how you fit into his story? His story, not your story creating his story, but God's kingdom advancing on the planet and how you fit into that. Stephen knew the story. He knew, he knew what God, can you tell the story of Jesus Christ? One of the goals we have for 2023 is that everyone in this church, if you can communicate, can tell the gospel story. It's called evangelism. Can you share Jesus now, I'm not saying knocking on doors. I had a great experience this last Friday night where I was chased in an apartment building by some of our friends that wear ties and name tags, and they wanted to know if I could talk, and I was like, yeah, you can come to my house. And they're like, where do you live? And you're like, ah, good luck, find me. And I ran. <laughs> That's true. It's true. If I, I should wear a body cam on my Friday nights, and if you want to know about my Friday nights, you can come to me, talk to me after church. I do this thing on Friday night, right? I've seen a lot of part of town, part of this town. But anyway, it was crazy. They wanted to know where... But, why was I saying that again? I had a reason for that. Know the story. 
Yes, evangelism. This isn't about knocking on doors. This isn't about, hey, do you have time to talk? This is about boldly and capably telling people who Jesus is. That Jesus is the son of God who came, died on a cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven. He rose again three days later and now he sits at the right hand of God and through belief in him and him alone, the only way under the sun by which you can be saved, you put faith in that resurrection. By that resurrection, you can have your life resurrected. And you're not burdened or captive or held down by sin anymore, but by through the work of Jesus Christ, conquering sin on this cross, the sinner's cross, which you deserved and I deserved, and that victory there, you can have life and salvation and freedom from that. I want everyone who can talk to know how to say that, know the story, the story of Jesus Christ and how you fit into that story, keeping it simple. Be bold, step out, allow the Spirit of God to just use you. That's number one. Number two, know your story. Know the story of Jesus. Number three is a reminder. Our position doesn't matter. You don't have to have a role of elder or pastor or Sunday school teacher. Stephen was just a guy, part of this church, filled with the Spirit, spoken power and authority, and launched the church into explosive growth because of his commitment to the truth and the power of preaching the word of Jesus. That's not positional. It's not require an education. It doesn't require a certain type of gender. It doesn't require uh, an age. It doesn't require require ethnicity. What it is, is I'm going to tell the story of Jesus and I don't need permission from anyone to do it. Your position doesn't give you permission. You have permission to talk about Jesus whenever and wherever and however you can. That's simple. Keep it simple. If our endeavors at Casper Alliance Church aren't making much of Jesus, our endeavors are useless. If our worship, our teaching, our gathering of youth and students and kids, our organization, our budgets, our discovery course, our elders, if we're not making much of Jesus, it's meaningless. It's rubbish as the craziest convert in probably history would say, Saul, who was a torment and a murderer. The story of Acts right here reveals him as a murderer and comes to Christ in just a couple of days after this, maybe not a couple of days, a couple of weeks, said it's all rubbish. Jesus is everything. If we don't make much of Christ in what we do, it's rubbish. Our endeavors have to be about making Jesus wildly famous. Right now, in this world, we have the position and the place to do it. Bigger movements have been launched from smaller places. I, was gonna, I wanna share this little story. Um, so 
20% of Korea at one point was Christian. And there's this great story of this shipwreck. Um, I can't even remember his name. Where he, um, he had an armful of Bibles. And, and, they, and there was this bat battle where the you know, people in Korea were just killing them. And they were trying to be missionaries. And this, um, you can look it up. But he lands on the sea. And then they beat him to death. And the Bibles are all that's left. And they take these Bibles and that's like the beginning of Christianity in Korea because they just have the word of God there. And then they start, they start ripping the pages out and using it as wallpaper. And so like everywhere they go, and this was translated into Korean. When they go into this house, they would see the word of God on the wall. And they'd read it. And the people were just coming to Jesus like, this is the gospel. Like, no, Jesus will make much of himself, but it's beautiful when we get to participate in it. He will accomplish his purposes whether or not we decide to sign up. He will do it on his own. He doesn't need you or me, but it's amazingly, incredibly beautiful when we're part of that story. And the, 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 the advancement of the kingdom of God through Korea, it starts with these Bibles that land on a beach. Now, some other guys will take credit for it, but that's like the story. It's, it's a great story. It's like, it's almost like God looks down and says, you know, thank you, for, thank you for giving yourself up for the kingdom, my little Welsh missionary. I'm going to take your effort. I'm going to multiply it by the billions. The largest church in the world is in Seoul, Korea, evangelical church. The largest alliance church is in Vietnam. And it's all birthing out of these, I mean, there was a time where they were saying that there were like 500,000 Chinese believers. Through persecution and regime problems, like it's exponential growth. The largest growing church in the world right now, do you know which country it's in? They're on the news right now. Iran. Let's not, like, let's not cause violence just for the sake of it, right? But like the pressure of oppression and persecution does something to the church. We've become very comfortable with comfortability. Again, let's do everything that Stephen did without the murder. We don't want murder yet, but it, it can come. And we shouldn't step into this world not expecting that to come. Keep it simple. Step out in boldness. Allow the Spirit of God to do what the Spirit of God does. Know the story. Know God's story and how you fit into it. Your position isn't what matters. Your position is what matters. You have permission to speak about Jesus. Let's make much of Christ. Let's sing the